Welcome to the Educate, Empower, and Evolve podcast. My name is Haley Vera, and I'm a lifestyle coach with my roots in holistic nutrition, personal training, and yoga. I'm admittedly a total nerd with a huge passion for gut health and optimizing human performance naturally. If you feel like you're drowning in the information available to you online, come hang out with me on the E3 podcast every single week and learn simple, effective strategies to help you balance your hormones, increase your energy, heal your guts, and optimize your mindset. I promise to provide you with science-backed knowledge and new perspectives so that you can make empowered decisions for both your health and happiness and evolve into the best version of yourself possible. Thank you for tuning in and lending me your ears. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the E3 podcast. I'm your host, Haley Vera, and I'm bringing on to the podcast today, my partner in crime, Tyler Yorko, who is a pain and performance specialist and has also joined our team here as a master coach at Health Pillars, which is super fucking cool. So welcome back to the show, Tyler. How's your day going so far? Oh, my day is going fantastic. I'm having a great day. How's yours? Perfect. I love that. Today is one of those days where my hormones absolutely punched me in the face. I woke up this morning feeling a little bit tired. I didn't get the best sleep. And I was eating my lunch day on the deck, looking over Shannon Lake, which is this beautiful view, looking at the golf course and the mountains and the water. And I just started crying. My eyes just started welling up. And I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. I'm not nothing to be sad about. And then I was like, hormones, cool. I'm like, I can't get my cycle soon. And it was more funny than anything. It's just how women's hormones work are very challenging to navigate. But once you learn to navigate them as a partner, I feel like relationships get a lot better. And we're going to talk about that today. So kind of a good intro into our podcast for sure. I think so. Perfect. I actually did a post on our relationship on Instagram and had someone comment that we should do a podcast on it. I was like, that is a really good idea. I like that idea. So we're going to be chatting today, you guys, about our relationship. And some of you guys are probably like, ew, gross, and turning off your radio right now. Keep your headphones in, stay tuned in, because we're actually going to be talking about some key points in relationships, but not just with a partner or loved one, with anyone in your life. And that could be someone in your family. It could be somebody at work that you want to maintain a healthy relationship. We're going to be giving you guys our five key things that help keep our relationship strong. And to give a little bit of a backstory on that, Tyler and I have been together for coming up on a year, not quite a year. We've known each other. Coming up on a year. We've known each other for a year, but we live together in a small condo. It's not a big condo. We go to the gym together. We both work from home. We both have the same career and now we even work on the same team. And I think a lot of people would have probably killed each other by now. So we want to share a little bit of what keeps our relationship thriving. And I'm going to let Tyler dive into number one, because I feel like this is his wheelhouse. He's really good with this. So I'm going to let you start off. So number one that we chatted about was self-awareness. And I think not just self-awareness, but like awareness of each other as well. The biggest thing is your own perception is of how someone else is, is typically a reflection of you. If I, God, I don't even know an example right now, but anytime I feel like I am getting frustrated with you, the reality is I'm probably more frustrated with myself than I am with you and vice versa. I think in some cases, yeah, I, I think like my favorite quote, and I actually put this in the post was my perception of you is a reflection of me. And my reaction to you is awareness of me. So usually what we don't like 
in other people or what triggers us or irritates us or bothers us or spirals us is something that's already within us. And I hear so often in people's relationships where they say things like, you make me feel. And it's a very disempowering type of language that basically makes you feel like you're out of control and that this person is in control of your life and how your emotions are on a day-to-day basis. So something that we do back and forth is that like, I like to catch myself when I say that and say like, you make me angry. And instead I'll say, I'm angry right now. <laughs> like that language is just, that's me, right? That's a me thing. It's like, it might've been triggered by you, but it's inside me. And so it's my responsibility to work through that emotion. It's not your responsibility to fix my emotions. And I think it's really important that both of us have the self-awareness to know that that's the case. And we know that like, I, my language will give things power. And if I give you the power over my emotions, then I am now powerless in that. So we both have that awareness. So it's not something that we fight about. And sometimes you'll call me out or I'll call you out on our language. And that's not fun. (laughs) Both of us will want to get, if you call me out on my language, my first thought is like, I want to be angry at you. But then I'm like, you're right. And I have the awareness that I know that you're right. And I know that my language is making it worse. My own perception of the situation is going to make it worse if I don't change my perception and change my language. And I think that's something that if it's only one person that has that self-awareness, it's really troubling because you can't have that conversation. You can't. Yeah, I think it is in a relationship that's like a relationship dynamic. Yes, but I do feel as well that it gives me a lot of peace. Like, let's say, for example, in relationship with my mom or relationship with your mom, you know, if they say something that could potentially be triggering instead of saying, you know, like she makes me angry or she makes me feel inadequate, not saying that our parents do that at all. But I I know that a lot of my clients have mother-in-laws that are like dragon ladies. And so going through menopause probably or something, I'm not sure, but they're always talking about it in their check-ins. And For that, it's my answer to that is always like do a self-check, you know, because they are powerless. They're only powerful when you give them power. So you place the meaning and the value on the things that they say. But in reality, it's like that doesn't need to affect you or impact you. And it can allow your relationships to be so much more peaceful and have a lot less conflict. Because as soon as you assume responsibility for your emotions, it gives you the ability to take that next step. And the next step could just be to distance yourself. Like I need a little space right now to cool off. That next step could be to talk to that person about how you're feeling. And if they're not willing to receive that you're feeling that way, that's a them problem, not a you problem. And it just, I agree. it takes time. Yeah. Number two, I mean, I feel like in our relationship, Tyler's really good at all of these and I can be a little bit of a butthead sometimes, but communication. And there's a difference in people's communication needs whether or not you're a good communicator. I hate the word good communicator. Nobody's good at communicating unless you practice it. It's a skill. No one's like born with the ability to communicate. We communicate that we're like angry, happy, sad, hangry, but we're not good at communicating like why or what's going on internally. We're just like, I'm mad. Well, okay, let's talk about like what's going on, right? Or I'm sad. So Tyler's a really good communicator. The issue we bump up against is that he wants to communicate right now. And I want to talk later. (laughs) I'm like, can you talk about this later, please? I think uh, a big thing with that is understanding each other and like how they communicate as well. And 
like you said, good versus bad communication. It's not, it's not a light switch. It's not a yes or a no. Everybody communicates. So it's on a spectrum. And I think that's another thing that we do well is that we both know that things aren't absolutes, yes or no. It's like, this is on a spectrum somewhere and we can improve on it. But when we're talking about communication, I want to go into what you mentioned at the start of this, which is like women's cycles. If you are a guy, please listen up. You need to understand a woman's cycle because like I've seen some crazy things, but nothing is as crazy as a woman's cycle. <laughs> not women. I'm not going to say women, but a woman's cycle because two days apart, you could go from like happy and energetic and all of the above, just this fucking angel with no reason to be in a great mood to no reason to be in a bad mood or to cry on the deck overlooking a beautiful lake. But if you don't understand the fact that like this is hormones and a natural cycle that is doing it, then like you are going to wonder what the hell is going on, why things are the way that they are. But like, if you understand their cycle, you can understand like, I know that today when Haley is crying on the deck for no reason, that I'm going to give her more space. And if she gives me a look where it's like, not the most inviting look, not like it's a fuck you look, but it's not like a come here and give me a hug. I'm just going to create a little bit more space because she has already communicated with me that during that period of time, she wants more space. And so I feel like a lot of women out there are probably like, why is she crying? Like, why isn't she like an angry cookie monster? Well, the thing is that I feel like I have in the past and I'm working through anger being my first emotion to go to because it's the easiest to access for me. It was a defense mechanism. When I was younger, I get angry at you. You stay away from me. And with my history with men, anger was a very easy strategy to keep people away. And so if I got angry, it was like, oh, these people don't want to come near me. And just to put that in perspective for you guys, I haven't, don't know if I've talked about that on the podcast. I was sexually abused when I was 14. And so I had a lot of anger that came with that, with forward with me into life. And I learned that being a hedgehog meant people stayed away. And so it was a great defense mechanism for me, but it was an easy practiced emotion to access. And what we practice, we get good at. And so I was practiced at getting mad. And it was whether it was like a quick, short word or my tone or just my demeanor. And now it's like, I'm learning that my hormones don't make me angry. Like they actually physically make you sad, but anger is a lot easier for us to access on multiple levels. It's an easier place for us to go because we can blame it on other people. You're making me feel this way. This thing's making me mad. My kids are making me mad. My husband's making me mad. Work's making me mad. But sadness is like kind of harder to explain. You know, it's harder to explain that when you're like, why are you sad? Well, my hormones just tanked. And the truth is we get a massive drop in serotonin, which is our happiness hormone. And so you will Sometimes it depends on the fluctuations or the extremity of those fluctuations in your cycle. You'll just feel sad. But to me, I used to just go straight to anger because it was easier for me to access and blame than to have to understand or explain that I was feeling sad, if that makes sense. First off, thanks for sharing all of that because I think that's really helpful. But can you go through like just a brief, not the science behind it, but like the, let's say the mood <laughs> through each phase yeah. of the cycle kind of like that instagram, instagram reel, post oh my god that yeah. instagram reel is so good i need to find it and like link it into these show notes because it is freaking hilarious there's these couples this couple online that can you find their profile i feel like we've said we, their we will link it in the show notes it'll be in the show notes when it comes out 
Yeah, we'll have to, because it's hilarious. There's this couple that kind of does like these memes or plays on relationships and it's funny, but it's true. Like it's the, the exaggeration of the truth, but it's barely an exaggeration. And they do one on women's cycles. And the first part of the cycle, women are, this is the kind of like the, the easiest time. So from the day that, I wouldn't say the day that someone gets their period because they may have cramping or discomfort on that initial day. But from that day, for the first week, their mood starts to improve. And so they'll likely be pretty easy to be around. There's not really anything major going on. Hormones are on the rise. They're starting to feel good. And then we get into week number two. And this is when women are going to have the highest sex drive. So they're probably going to wear less clothing. If you notice that your girlfriend all of a sudden starts wearing sleeveless tops or shorts or tank tops that she doesn't usually wear or only wears a couple times a month, that's why. She may also be very touchy and feely at that time and want to be touched more. And then we kind of get into post-ovulation. And this one, like for me, I'm still fairly, like my mood doesn't super change in those two weeks. For some women, I think it does. And they can start to have a little bit more. I think it's still like higher sex drive, like right around that time, right? Because that's when that week around ovulation is when we can get pregnant. So higher sex drive for most women. And then as we go into our cycle, that week leading in, we start to get a decline and our hormones, and we get a massive drop in both estrogen and progesterone right before the bleed. And that is when women are savage. So a drop in serotonin because of the drop in estrogen. We also get a drop in dopamine, which is our sense of pride, reward, self-esteem. So we literally feel like depressed, useless, awful human beings. Like for me, I just feel like insecure because dopamine has a big role in confidence. I feel like I need to wear baggy t-shirts at the gym and I feel like I don't want to be touched or looked at. Nobody look at me. Nobody touch me. Leave me alone. And women's, this is the unfair part. Your metabolism increases by anywhere from 100 to 300 calories. So you'll be hungrier, but that hunger gets out of control because your serotonin is down and you're seeking to boost your serotonin by eating carbs and things that give you that boost of serotonin because it's not coming naturally. So now you're cranky, you're overeating, you're probably eating processed food that make you feel like shit, you're guilty and grumpy about that, and you're taking out on everyone around you. So it's a, it's, I want to say that it's a, a shitty time for women, but the thing is, if you become aware of it, it's not that bad. Because I don't, like, I just tell Tyler, I'm like, I want to eat a whole pail of ice cream right now. And I don't, but he understands when I say things like that, that where I'm at right? I'm like, I would love to watch a movie all day. And Tyler's like, you never want to watch TV all day. So that is a definite sign that something's going on. Yeah. As men, I think it's really important to just understand that you're basically dating three different versions of your girlfriend or wife or partner. There's a lot of different versions. And if you want the best of the best, you have to know how to support them when they're not feeling well as well, instead of just thinking like, why are you so mad at me right now? what the hell did I do wrong? It's like, you didn't necessarily do anything wrong. And they're taking that drop in dopamine and serotonin and they're, they're channeling anger from it because it's easy to grab it. Like Haley said. Oh, and GABA. And GABA goes down too, which is lovely because that helps your sleep. Serotonin is also a precursor to melatonin. So then you get shitty sleeps for three or four days before your period. And when you have less sleep, you're more emotionally re reactive and more likely to eat carbs again. So there's a big nosedive. I'll give you guys some tips for some supplements that you can sneak into your, your girlfriend's pillbox there, or just have a conversation or with do her. It, or do it yourself for, for that person. <laughs> Send them this video and say it was super helpful. Yeah, I, for the ladies I really out there. A lot. 
If you are not on antidepressants, I have to make this very, 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 very clear. If you're on antidepressants, do not take 5-HTP. But if you are not on antidepressants, 5-HTP is lovely. It can help boost your serotonin. And I like to recommend this for my ladies in the three to five days before their cycle, AM and PM. Your mood will be a lot better. GABA as well. You can just supplement with that. It's not going to stop your natural production. You just give yourself a little bit of a boost and it'll help you with your sleep. For dopamine, I recommend taking Vitex and Vitex is a natural herb. It's also a great antimicrobial, helps keep your gut healthy and is a great herb for fertility. So if you're trying to get pregnant, awesome. Men and women, it actually works for, but it also actually works on luteinizing hormones. So it boosts testosterone in men, but it boosts progesterone in women. So it can actually improve fertility, but it can also regulate your cycle a little bit more. Estrogen dominance and hormones is a bit crazy. And the Vitex can help with that dopamine. So I take Vitex, I use GABA and I use, I'm not using 5-HTP right now, but I usually take GABA around my cycle and those things and melatonin. So those things will really help you with symptoms and then magnesium, load up on your magnesium too. So last thing, that was all good information. Last thing I want to say on communication is like, just communicate the things that you need. Haley knows that like physical touch is a big love language for me. So when she is feeling like, don't fucking touch me, she knows that I am not feeling as loved and she'll just like reach her hand out and like touch me a little bit, even though she doesn't want to be touched. Like, ah, thank you. You don't, you don't physically hate me right now. That's nice to know. And I know that she needs some space sometimes, you know, I love when you love to be touched, but I know you need some space. And that took some time for me to like accept because I don't know, that just, it isn't the way that I want to love you, but understanding that I'm like, that's what you need. So you've communicated that to me and it's like, okay, I understand during this period of time, the best thing that I can do for you is the opposite of what my instinct is, because then you'll actually get what you want Mm -hmm. and feel better. Definitely. When you're communicating, whether it's with a partner or a coworker or your kids, even maybe not so much your kids, it depends on if they're older, but it's asking for permission and asking for permission to be direct. Because if you don't ask for permission to have a conversation, sometimes it can be jarring or abrupt or catch them off guard, or they might not be in the right headspace to have that conversation. And Tyler's learned that with me because running a team and owning a business, it's a lot, it can be a lot. And so he'll often say to me, is it okay if I share this idea with you right now? Or is it like, are you available for a conversation? And I might say, you know what, right now is not the time. Or I might say, yeah, absolutely. I'm chilling. It's great. So if you don't ask for permission, people might get defensive, resistant, or be aggressive going into the conversation. And you have to be careful about the way that you ask someone as well. Because if you're asking with accusation, it's never going to be a good outcome. You always have to ask with curiosity, which we're actually going to get into later in the podcast. But let's go into number three. Intentional time. So yeah, I think we've always done this really well because we work the same job from and we're like on our phones regularly. Like our half of our work is on our phones. The other half is on our computers. Like we communicate with people all day and it's really easy to near the end of the day, you're in a conversation with a client or something like that. And you're You don't want to just end that conversation, but also now it's the end of the day and I'm spending time with you and it needs to be communicated that like, oh, hey, I'm finishing up this message right now. Like I, you don't currently have my full attention, but I'm going to give you my full attention. And then when we're spending that intentional time, it's like, hey, you have my full attention now. So you don't feel like I care about work more than I care about you. And 
vice versa. It's there's an understanding of when there's intentional time. We try to put Saturdays we try and spend together. Friday nights we have date night in both of our calendars. But we make sure that even though we spend a ton of time around each other, we make sure that we spend intentional time together. Yeah, it's so important. And I know a lot of couples, like even just being around other people in public where you're maybe on a double date or you're at a social gathering with them. And there is the time that they're spending together is almost like it's unintentional. It's it can be almost passive aggressive in the way that they communicate. And I know for a fact that a lot of people get home and just scroll social media or watch television. The time is not intentional. You might be sitting in the same room, but there's very little intention behind it. Like, what is your intention for us? Like when we have date night and I have date night in my calendar for the rest of forever on Fridays and date night's like a time to connect with Tyler, put our phones away, enjoy a nice meal together, maybe a glass of wine, go for a walk. But it's our time together where it's uninterrupted. And the intention there is for us to recharge and reconnect. And We can talk about whatever we want, but we try and make it not work related. (laughs) We try to talk about vision or to talk about things we're excited about, but to try and keep work chat to a minimum because that can like bleed into the relationship as well when we're both working from home. So intentional time is huge. The less time you have, the more important the intentional time becomes, right? Yeah, 100%. Even if that's just 20 minutes, like sometimes at the end of the day, we literally spend like 15, 20 minutes of like intentional time if we have like a long work day. But we, it's like, oh, are you done work now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm putting my phone away. Okay, perfect. Me too. And then it's not like either one of us feels left out or unappreciated or anything. There's that understanding there. And I think a lot of people, we mentioned this on the first round of this podcast, but a lot of people will like go and they'll come home and basically do other things to like drown out the communication that they could have the intentional time they could have with their partner because they just aren't aligned and they don't communicate well. And it's just always negativity. And that happens sometimes. Yeah. They aren't happy in the relationship. And so they're trying to bury themselves, have a drink, you know, watch Netflix, scroll social media. And if you're sitting in your relationship and you're avoiding that person that you're meant to be spending your life with, that's a pretty strong indication to me that you're in the wrong relationship and it is time to make some moves. So if you don't like spending time with your significant other, that's a really big red flag in your relationship. Like I love spending time with Tyler and the more time we spend together, the more affectionate we are. Like the less time we spend together, I find the less affectionate we become. So the more time we can make, and sometimes it's just a text and I'm like, I have a five minute break right now. Do you want to go have a five minute cuddle? And like nine times out of 10, Tyler's like, yes. If he's on a phone call or on a Zoom call, maybe now's not the time. But those little moments of intentional time are so key. So clarity is number four. Clarity. I think that conversation around like, maybe you're in the wrong relationship. Clarity is a big one. If you guys are clear on your goals, and your vision and like what you want to do and they align like you're either going to grow together or you're going to grow apart Mm -hmm. and one thing that drove me attracted me to you right away was the vision that you had and I was like as immediately when you started telling me your vision I was like we are so aligned with what we want and that makes it easy Because I know that you're always going to pursue the best version of yourself. You're always going to be growing. You're always going to be practicing healthy behavior. One of my favorite questions that I have heard probably every relationship that I've ever been in or any, anyone else, like guys will joke about this. There's videos about this and stuff. It's like, would you still love me if you, if I was fat? It's like, I love 
the person who is pursuing becoming better and body fat doesn't measure that. But like, if you were super lazy, not doing anything, not trying to progress and like doing all of these bad habits that stacked up, you wouldn't be the person that I fell in love with. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's clarity on like the people that we want to become. And so it actually has nothing to do with like the actual body fat percentage, but it's like, who are you becoming? And I know that you are always trying to be the best version of you and you're growing all the time. And that's something that I really love. And I think we're on the same page with like goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing around clarity, I know that the clarity part is really important around knowing not just like who your partner is and what their values are, but their vision, what makes them tick, what they get excited about, where they want to be in five years. Like Tyler said, if you don't have an idea of their values or their vision, you're going to grow in different directions. And so for us, like knowing that we hold the same vision allows us to have peace in our relationship, knowing that we're creating momentum in the same direction, right? It's not something that's pulling us apart. It's helping us move forward. And you don't need to be on the same business team to be having the same values or vision for your life. But like, where do you want to live, right? And what is it that you're like really valuing there? That's, it's so key. So that's an essential part of what keeps our relationship healthy is knowing that that other person is progressing, but also what they're progressing towards. How many times we have people come into the program and, or before they come into the program, they'll fill out an application. They will say, Hey, I just have to talk to my spouse about it. And on some level, I respect when you're sharing income that decisions can be joint decisions. But if you are have, if you are both working and you both have an income stream, I think it's very important, at least in our relationship, it's very important to have the freedom to spend money on the things that we choose and to be able to ask for support in that. Because if someone comes to me and says they're lacking confidence, they hate being naked in front of their partner, they're uncomfortable going to the beach, they feel like they have a negative relationship with food and that they're closet eating. And then they go to their partner and their partner says, sorry, no, we can't spend that money on a program. It's mind blowing to me that the other person doesn't know that this person is suffering or that this person is even seeking support for their goals. A lot of times it's like, I have to ask my partner, have you talked to them about it yet? No, they have no idea. Oh my God. Right. It's like, if you're not sharing that with your partner, that is a really big disconnect in your relationship. And so I would never tell Tyler where he can or can't spend his money. We obviously have priorities in our relationship in terms of wanting to move into a bigger place. We love to travel. And so that's where a lot of our, our finances will go. But it is at the same time, it's also that if he wants to drive an Audi, I'm going to be like, cool, babe, that's amazing. You do that, right? And I, I think there's so much value there. I want to share this as well. Like I went and got a little bit filler in my upper lip because I have a really gummy smile. And my naturopath said that I get it done by my naturopath because I feel like that's safer. I'm not sure why, but they said that it would help with the gumminess of the smile because that's a big thing for me when I'm on camera, it makes me feel self-conscious. And when I told Tyler, it wasn't like a question of, can I do this or can I spend this money? And it wasn't, you know, me trying to hide it. I said what I was doing and Tyler approached me with, which is our next point, which is curiosity. He was like, okay, that's cool. I love your lips. I think you're beautiful, but why do you want to do that? Right? Because if he doesn't know, it could be an immediate judgment of, oh, that's a waste of money or that's stupid. Or why would you care to do that? Right? Your lips are fine the way they are. And that judgment hurts, right? That judgment really stings. 
because the other person has no fucking clue what's going on. If you're just sitting there judging how your partner wants to spend, but if they are spending it on alcohol, if they're spending it on cigarettes, if they're spending it on constantly shopping, online shopping, maybe it's a red flag in that person's unhappy and they're trying to buy things that make them feel happy, right? So curiosity in those situations in a relationship are so important. Hey, I want to do this health program. What was the example? You just had an objection from a spouse that was, they were drinking a crazy amount. Yeah. The thing is, like you said, like you have to be curious and you have to be clear with the goals that your partner has. If they really want to better themselves and build more confidence and feel healthier and have more energy, and you guys don't even know that that is their goal. It's like, say one of them is drinking a lot and the other person wants to be healthier and you have this disconnect. That is a really tough place to be. But yeah, I had someone that I was talking to and they were drinking like probably $400, $500 of alcohol a month. And that is Easy not, that is not including like going out. <laughs> it's like, that was like a low estimate, right? Based on the amount of drinks that they said they were having per week. I was like, you're spending a lot of money on booze. But when you're drinking it daily or you're buying it and like smaller quantity, hey, I'm just spent 50 bucks. It's not a big deal. I just spent another 50 bucks. It's not a big deal. When you actually look at it, it's like you're spending 500 bucks a month on booze and you don't need to talk to your spouse about that. And your spouse is fine with it. And you're harming yourself, but you want to make this change. And I think it's really important, like you said, like ask your spouse for support. But if you're asking for permission to live out your dreams and your vision for who you want to become and how you want to live your life, I think that's actually a, a bad place to be. You should not have to ask your spouse for something that you dream about and you really envision for your life. I want to be the best version of myself. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like I have these aspirations. If I have aspirations and I come to you, I'm asking you for support in them. Your example on the Audi, honestly, I, I don't think that's an aspiration. I think that's like, that is a material spend, but like who I want to become, if it's something in growing me, I'm like, I want you to support me. And I will definitely ask you for the support because especially if you're trying to make changes in your life, you need that support. And you mm -hmm. should ideally be met with curiosity, not judgment. Mm -hmm. I think the Audi thing for me was just that like, you deserve to be happy. And I'm, I just use a car mm -hmm. as an example. It's like, if you're like, I want an Audi, instead of being like, you can't spend that money on an Audi. I'd be like, how come? Like, that's my dream car. And mm -hmm. I finally had a place financially where I can afford one. And I really want to buy one. I'd be like, sweet. You absolutely go do that because I think that mm -hmm. we only get we only get one shot at this. And if you're limiting your partner instead of like giving them some boost, giving them a little bit of a energy boost in the direction of their goals, then you're the person that's their limiting factor. You're becoming a limiting factor in their life. And I never want to limit Tyler from his happiest life, right? His best life, his dream life. And if that is fucking Lamborghini in a mansion, cool. Like let's work towards that, but let's get aligned with our vision in that. And I know that me and Tyler, our alignment is that we both just want to have a house with a big yard so we can have lots of dogs. Like I'm, I'm like, I want three dogs <laughs> at least, probably five. Um, lots of travel. <laughs> lots of travel. Yeah. Lots of traveling. And my goal with money is to have financial freedom so that I can be generous and so that I can never say no. If someone's like, hey, you should come to this event. Absolutely, I'm flying there. You know, hey, you should come to this retreat. Cool, I'll be there. You know what? I would love if you could support me, you know, at my first whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. You know, like 
Brian and Cole, they're our business mentors. And Brian got an MCing position at an event down in the States. And he's like, can you guys come? I was like, yeah, I'll be there. I never want to have to say no. And I don't want to have to say no to you either. So that's like, that's the best part in a relationship, I think, is if you can create and cultivate curiosity. Because if you approach someone with judgment, it's harmful to the relationship. You know, why would you want to do that? Right? That's stupid. Right. Maybe listen to what that person's saying. You know, I know for a lot of women, it's like they want to spend money on hair or nails or lips or what do they actually want? If they're feeling like a lack of confidence in their body, maybe they need some encouragement to get a gym pass. Maybe they need some encouragement to hire a life coach and to reallocate that money somewhere. And you can have those tough conversations with your partner if you're willing to. If you're going to turn a blind eye to that, and then when they finally say that they want to, to start working on bettering themselves and you cut them down, you're keeping them stuck. You're keeping them in that little vicious cycle of like trying to get the next little piece of, of dopamine out of their life because they're not truly fulfilled or happy on their current trajectory. So paying attention to your car- yeah. partner and, and being really, really curious and wanting like with a, a true desire to understand them and not to judge them. Tyler never judges me. It's always curiosity when he, when he approaches me. And that's really important. The other thing we were talking about around this is being curious about what that person is going to do next. Because Tyler laughs at this because we just had a conversation around it. But if you believe that someone is going to behave a certain way because of something that they've done in the past, then you're going to approach them with judgment or assume a behavior before it even happens. And it's unhealthy for both parties. And so if you've had a conversation in the past where that person is trying to improve themselves, give them the space to evolve by not judging them or saying, well, last time you did this, give them the space to show you a new behavior and to show you a new pattern that they're working on, right? Don't assume, like do not pull your past into into the present with you. Do not do that. Because if you're always assuming their behavior, you never give them a chance to grow or evolve. Yeah, that's how you stay stuck or you keep people stuck. You either stay Mm -hmm. stuck in that cycle of judgment or you keep them stuck by having them basically believe that about themselves. You believe I act this way and well, I might as well because if I try to change, I get no reward from it. So you cripple yourselves. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So all of these things that we talked about today, the self-awareness, the communication skills, the intentional time, the clarity, the curiosity, They're all a work in progress and the work is never done. And that's something that we've definitely realized in our relationship is that we're growing together and that we may need gentle reminders when we're out of alignment with our relationship values or we're out of alignment with our own values. And those gentle reminders can sometimes sting and they can hurt. Those are the moments where you're most likely to react instead of respond, but catch yourself in that because if you feel triggered, there's likely truth in it. And that's something for you to work with. And I know we talked about that at the beginning of the podcast is not to give your power away and just assume responsibility for your feelings so that you can both be individual powerhouses and then to be able to connect and be a power couple. That's the goal. 100%. And I said, I can't remember exactly what I said at the end of the last podcast, the last first take, but you have to have some belief systems that kind of guide your relationships. And I know that I absolutely believe that you love me and you want the best for me. And I absolutely believe that we all do the best that we can with the awareness that we have. And so if you say something or do something that triggers me in some way or makes me frustrated or annoyed or hurt, if I go back to my belief system that you love me and you want the best that's for me and you're doing the best you can with the awareness you have in that moment, it's like, okay, well, I know that you didn't have the intention to hurt me. 
Mm -hmm. right? I know that you're never intentionally going to hurt me. So mm -hmm. if I'm feeling hurt right now, that wasn't the intention. And now I need to look at it in a different light. And I think a lot of people don't have that belief system or they don't have that awareness and they'll just get hurt and then hurt people, hurt people. So you hurt me now, I want to hurt you. And it becomes that vicious cycle of just going back and forth. And so yeah. make sure you have certain belief systems in the relationships that you have. Definitely. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for doing podcasts essentially today. I appreciate your patience. As always, you're a patient man. And I know that my listeners love having you on the podcast because they've told me before. But for my new listeners, where can they find you on social media? And you have your own podcast too. Yes, you can follow me at yorko.performance on pretty much all platforms. It's Tyler Yorko on Facebook. And I have the Optimal Human Performance podcast where we talk a lot about mindset and a decent amount about training principles and how to, how to become better, how to train better, how to get better results. Yes. And so if someone's listening to this and they vibe with you, what kind of person do you work with? I primarily work with people who are a little bit more advanced in the gym. They're already spending time in the gym. They work hard, but they've hit a plateau or they just want to level up their results. They want to break through. Because what I'll do is I'm going to assess where you're at and what you're doing and what your goals are and figure out what we need to change to actually help you break through. And, you know, most of my clients are busy people and they're trying to spend an hour and a half in the gym, two hours in the gym. But the reality is they don't have that kind of time, right? You're trying to juggle work. You're trying to juggle a relationship. You're trying to juggle everything. And if we can be more efficient with your time and we can get you better results in a shorter period, that's typically what's going to break through and help you live a better life and build that confidence, right? I find some of my clients, some of my best clients with the best results, we've actually taken time out of the gym, spent less time in the gym to get better results. And that's one thing that I really love to do with my clients who are just spinning in circles, spinning their wheels in the gym and not really breaking through that plateau. Yeah. I actually want to share this story. I had a client, he's a friend of mine actually in Kamloops. His name's Nick. And he started working with me. He's been working with me for a year, but I've known him forever as the guy that was always injured, always had back pain, was always scared to deadlift. And if that's you, Tyler's your guy. If you are sitting at a desk for long hours, your hips and your lower back are killing you and you go into the gym and you know that squats and deadlifts are effective lifts and you want to do them, but you're terrified to injure yourself. Tyler's your guy to build you up and to help you with the mobility as well. He actually is a kinesiologist and can help you with your movement to make sure you're doing things safely and effectively. So I had this client and I actually had Tyler help me with some of his movement assessments and his corrective exercises. And after 10 years of slip discs and back pain, one year of working with us. And he just posted a video on his story the other day, deadlifting, or it was a rack pull actually, three plates per side, pain-free. So to be able to see him pain-free and loving his time in the gym again is so rewarding. And if that resonates with you, definitely reach out to Tyler because he's your guy. So thank you again for being on the podcast today. I appreciate you and I love you. And for our listeners, make sure that you, if I'm on, I'm going to be sharing this on Tyler's podcast too. So if you want to follow me, you can find me on social media is Haley Vera on LinkedIn and Facebook and Haley Vera Fitness everywhere else. Peace, love, and personal growth, you guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E3 podcast. I had so much fun sharing my knowledge with you, and I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you found value in this episode, the number one thing that you can do to support the show is share this episode on your social media platforms or leave a review. 
If you'd like to find out about the lifestyle programs I offer online, go to healthpillars.ca and click apply today to fill out an application for coaching. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Peace, love, and personal growth.